Hi guys, it's just Joe here with a quick message before we jump into this month's show. We recorded this episode on Wednesday the 19th of June and we talked about a few of the things that Microsoft are doing that's angering gamers a little bit and then the very next day they announced that they're doing this big 180 on their Xbox One and they've actually backflipped on the idea that you now can play secondhand games, you're not going to have the always on internet and yeah, basically everything that people weren't happy with they've decided to change their mind and put it back to the way the 360 runs. So we talk about a few things here that are a little bit outdated but research is never our big thing but hopefully you'll enjoy the show anyway Alrighty, thanks guys you're listening to episode 19 of the massive attack podcast i'm joe and with me as always is mitch g'day and as usual we've got a pretty busy show for you this month and we're going to start right in with our trip to the movies last night to see my first of this year's summer blockbusters and i think your third fast and the furious six isn't it just furious six yeah, I'd never seen it called Fury no. 6 anywhere, and then in the credits it comes up and it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Fast, Fast 5, five Fury 6. And Forgettable 7. seven. <laughs> it's yes. not going to win any Oscars for acting. No. And I doubt that it's going to win any Oscars for screenplay writing or anything like that, but it was a damn fun action movie, wasn't it? It was. I mean, we were looking forward to this movie for a long time. Since, what, June, year before last, when Fast 5 came out? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we went and saw it last night. We were hoping to get the biggest screen possible. It was pretty big, but it wasn't the extreme screen. No, anything. and we didn't, we didn't fork out for the IMAX either. And a couple of those scenes I was watching it thinking, well, I'm glad we didn't do the IMAX. It would have been a bit too much, I think. But it Frenetic. is. Yeah, well, it's more of the same. For what we, well, not more of the same because part one is bad, part two is terrible, part three is fun. Four. Hang on, I, I get confused. Big... Is Tokyo Drift the second one? Third one. What's the second one? Too Fast, Too Furious. And then there's the Fast and the Furious, isn't it? Which, which is, is the third four. Yeah. All right. It's very confusing. It is. Very if, if you haven't seen these films, we recommend you see them. But you can start with five, and oh, three is pretty good. Which is Tokyo Drift. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. They've got numbers, but they they don't actually have the same titles. Fast and Furious, you can see the first one just to get the story, if you can be bothered, but it is a 10-year-old movie now and it's, it's quite dated. The second one, pretty shit. The third one's Tokyo Drift, which is where Justin Lim came in, I think, as the current yeah. director. Yeah. And pretty much a brand new cast. So that's almost a standalone film. And it gets referred to later on. The Fast and the Furious, which is four, is okay but it's sort of setting the tone of what we were getting used to and then fast five and furious six are just phenomenal movies action films so you can almost start with three which is tokyo drift really you could just start with fast six because the first 10 minutes of the footage of the the credits and stuff was all like a recap of shots from the other movies but you don't want to miss five no you don't want to miss five because five really was dwayne johnson stopped being dwayne johnson and being back to being the rock wasn't it I don't know. It's a force of nature. Yeah, there was more of it in in this, wasn't it? He's massive. I mean, I know he's a massive man, The Rock, but he just looks massive against normal people in this thing. Yeah. And and he's punched within an inch of his life. That vein looked like it was about to pop on one of his arms. Well, what I got from this movie is it pays to be a producer because Vin Diesel gets the good lines. He gets to look almost as tall as The Rock because they film him that way. He gets all the good fight scenes. Yeah, in a way, I thought the fight scenes in this movie were actually better than the driving scenes. So the driving scenes scenes were still pretty impressive and some of the stuff they did with those cars were very impressive especially the Ford Escort and that scene when they're like doing the big chase down the freeway sort of scene because I really don't think no matter what they did to that Ford Escort it would keep up with those other cars but <laughs> still but yeah the, the fight scenes and the fact that they've got people that know how to fight so they've got like a rock who knows how to wrestle and put on a show with his fight they've got Gina Carano who knows how to fight legit and she did pretty good and despite the fact that I don't really like Michelle Rodriguez she's got a bit of a, a boxing background so she knows what she's doing as well and the fight scene between Carano and Michelle Rodriguez was actually pretty impressive and I also like the fact that we're probably giving a little bit of spoilers away here the, the Han and Roman fight against that other dude was good because it didn't make them out to be superheroes yes yeah, which there's bits of this movie that you just have to completely just leave all expectations of realism at the door when you go in. I mean, it's a slocky comic book movie without being superhero capes or anything, yeah. but just the physics just work conveniently, and it's, it's just fun. Don't look for anything more than exactly. that. Exactly. There was a pretty sound story, though. There was bits of it that kind of made sense. There it was, was very a lot convenient. Of it. Everything, yeah. everything was convenient, but it doesn't matter. I mean, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen there's a bit where they're fighting almost, them in the cars versus a big giant jet yeah. on, a, on a runway, 
And I would love to try and work out how long this runway is because, I mean, they, if they were hitting, what, 40, 50 mile an hour the whole time, yep. that scene goes for at least seven or eight minutes. <laughs> no, more than that. It's like the big climactic scene of the movie. So it must be the longest runway in the world. <laughs> and before they get into that scene where the protagonist is getting away and they're like, he can't get far, we're on an army base sort of thing. And it's like, well, he's going to get a long way based on the length of this runway. <laughs> but no, I thought that final scene was good and that final fight scene in the plane was just the rock being the rock and Vin Diesel doing that massive flying headbutt, which, yeah, I loved that part. I popped in the cinema. I was like, yeah, let's go. With your new friend that you sat next to you. Yeah, it was not a very packed cinema last night when we went. Well, it's a couple of weeks old now, I guess. Yeah, but for some reason, the row we were sitting in was almost completely sold out. We were just obviously in the perfect row. Must have been. Yes, and I had some random stranger next to me that was like commenting sort of almost to himself, almost to me through the movie making comments. And yeah, I think he was special. But anyway, that was our excursion. I'd recommend going to see Fast 6. Hang around till the end for the bit that's at the credits. It ties straight uh, into Fast 7. Yeah, and it kind of ties Tokyo Drift back into continuity after Fast 6. So you can hold off watching that and then watch that after you've seen Fast 6. No spoilers for who turns up, but there's a nice little cameo at the end. that Because they're pretty much Fast filmed Fast 7 yep. back to back. So it's the teaser is there for the next one. So yeah, I was just this looking, time next year, there'll be another one. Yeah, I was just looking on IMDb and they said release date's July 2014. So that'll be impressive. Awesome. How good would it be if it was a yearly franchise? But probably after a little while we'd get bored keep of it. The quality up. Quality. <laughs> when you say quality, it wouldn't be a cheap film to make. God, no. They, the fact that they're wrecking these expensive cars or you know, that sort of stuff and there's all the baby oil that they need to buy for the rock. <laughs> so, yeah. Someone no one thought. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I thought that was good too. But he, he did look massive though, didn't he? He did. Impressively massive. Good movie. Recommend it. Yes. Yes. Other than that, you've had another trip to your favourite cinema, the Astor? I have. They played the um, 1966 Batman film, which I think is the best of the Batman films, not not including animated. <laughs> and well attended, people were in costume, and people really were there to enjoy it. Like the way they uh, they laughed at all the appropriate bits. And I just, I, I never cease to amaze me how brilliant that film is. Like it's so weird. It's a hard sell, yet they just do it. Mm. Pretty much everything works. No, I don't think I've actually seen that. Is that what starts off this TV series, or is it like... No, it's, it's in between season one and two. Okay. They sort of did it just to get people excited about season two, but it doesn't have, like, Batgirl in it, which was introduced in season two. But okay. Just, but I'm, it's I'm, still Adam West as Batman. Yep, same. Cesar oh, Romero as the Joker? It is. Burgess Meredith as the Penguin, Frank Gorshin as the Riddler, and she was never in the series, but as Lee Merriweather as... Catwoman. Okay. But um, everything else is the same. Chief Ahara and yeah. Commissioner Gordon, they're all the same. And do they have the Biff and Powell and stuff with the punches? or did they... they do, but they weren't early. Like, there okay. was a fight early, and it's like, because my mate Dave was there, and he's like, where's the Biff and the Powell? Well, and then it turned up a bit later on. Didn't they just put that in the TV so they could, like, get a better rating because there was less violence or something? Um, I'm not sure, but, I mean, the, the series was out by the time this came out, so it yeah. was established. But, I mean, they just introduced the Bat helicopter and the Bat boat and the Bat cycle. Okay. Did it get a cinema release when it was when it originally came out? Or was it yeah, yeah, like no, TV it was a cinema release. It was. Yeah. It was. It is amazing. Yeah. Like, just the, the delivery, the, the acting, the scenario, it's just ridiculous. The riddles are there, and it's like, oh, there's a riddle, what is it? What's yellow and right? A ballpoint banana. It's like, and that's a clue, and it makes sense to everyone if okay. you in the show. Just a ridiculous plot, but it's so much fun because they dehydrate thugs by turning them into dust, and all you need to do is re-add water, and they'll, and they'll pop up again. But unfortunately, when they rehydrate spoilers for a movie from 1966, but when they rehydrate them in the back cave, they used heavy water instead of normal water. <laughs> so every time you punch them, they just pop because they're unstable. It's just. <laughs> It's pretty clever. It's just absurd, but like the bat shark repellent we all know of. Yeah. I mean, and the audience were awesome. They laughed at it because the movie did it like they're in the bat helicopter flying down. They're about to lower and they go, quick, drop the bat ladder. So they drop this ladder outside the helicopter and down the bottom of the ladder is a sign that says bat ladder. And the camera zooms in on it and stays on it for like five seconds. And the fact the audience all laughed appropriately and not ironically. And it was just like, yes, we, we get the joke. We're in on it. It's fantastic. So everything's bat this, bat that. Yes. Yeah. Just absurd. Well, that's good. And it's the I'm... same plot as Dark Knight Rises. Really? Can't get rid of the ball. Oh, okay. But looking at the next calendar for the Aster, it's on again. So it looks like it might be a regular movie that they're going to play. 
which well, is cool because I definitely will go back. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Astor, you're actually heading there next week for the... Next Tuesday, where they're playing the Superman movie, the 1978 Christopher Reeve film, with a live Q&A with Lois Lane herself, Margot Kidder. Well, that's good. I, I think probably in the next episode we'll get a bit of a, uh, a recap of how that went. Just see how crazy she is. Yeah, I think she's a bit of a fruit lip now, isn't she? Well, she got found, knocked her teeth out and was in someone's backyard naked. Mm. But she's better now. So it's just like a normal Saturday night. Really. Mm-hmm. So, other than that, Mitch, any other movies? This month? I don't think so. I can't remember that okay. I've seen anything. Well, I haven't actually had any other trips to the cinema other than our trip last night to see Fast Six, but I've actually caught up on a couple of movies at home. Mm-hmm. I finally got around to one of your recommendations from last year, and that was Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yes. That was on Foxtel a little while ago, and I thought I'll, I'll chuck it on the planner and watch it when I get around to it and despite the fact that Chris Hemsworth is in it my wife decided that being a horror movie she didn't want to watch it and I can see that there, if you're not a horror fan there were some bits that were pretty gory well towards the end definitely oh, yeah, I, I dragged my wife to see it saying oh it's just weed and it's meant to be subliminal and all this sort of stuff it's yeah. very clever and this and that and in the end no it is a full on horror film yeah early on there was clever. like inclinations that it could be a little bit gory, but then by the end, it's full buckets of blood. Yeah, and I don't know if I really fell into the hype that everyone else did about this film. I didn't enjoy it quite as much as as you did. I think. I just think it's very clever. Like I'd, there, there is a cult of Whedon aspect yeah. to it, where just uh, all the Joss Whedon fans who like Dollhouse, and I don't know why they do. Yeah, they would love anything he does. But I think it is very clever. Yeah, I think it was clever, but I don't think it was very well executed. There was bits of it that I just thought were a little bit predictable, and there were bits of it I thought also thought that were probably a little bit necessary but I enjoyed it I sat through the whole movie I didn't give up anyway so that's probably worth it I did think a couple of the bits were very clever though I especially like the bit here we go spoilers again when Chris Hemsworth was going to jump the ravine on his motorbike and he and he hit the wall and I thought yeah that's pretty cool the last bit's interesting the fact that the whole virgin and the joker and yeah. all that aspect is weird I mean it sort of went, went to hellraiser territory there when just all hell breaks loose yeah. just everything goes everywhere it's, it's cool Visually and, and, and different. And like the, the different elevator doors opening and the different meanies, baddies. Yeah, it was, a, it was kind of creepy. It was different. I mean, it didn't quite finish off as good as it could. But other than that, I also finally got around to watching Men in Black 3 just recently on the weekend. Oh, I haven't seen it. I heard it was pretty good. It's better than Men in Black 2, but mm. then falling over and dropping your face in broken glass is actually better than Men in Black 2. It's similar more to Men in Black 1. There's a lot of like little in-jokes and stuff. But it was well acted. It was funny in parts. Josh Brolin was really good as a younger version of Tommy Lee Jones because the premise is that they go back to 1969 to, to stop something happening before it ruins the rest of time. Jermaine from Flight of the Concords was good as the bad guy. Okay, I didn't know he was in it. Yeah, he, he wears a lot of makeup. You can't really tell it's him other than his voice. Okay. But he's got some good comedic parts and yeah, he, he's old school menacing bad guy for most of the movie, which is good. The, yeah, the premise is good but it's funny and Will Smith is just Will Smith like no matter what he's playing he's always either Will Smith goofy comedy guy or Will Smith action guy and there's no real in between Mm. But this was definitely Will Smith's goofy comedy guy. Okay. But yeah, it was fun. It was something that was on TV and we just watched it. So I wouldn't recommend going out and buying it on Blu-ray or anything like that. But if you can get your hands on it, it's probably worth a watch. And something else that we actually watched purely for the fact that we had it sitting there and we wanted to watch it for a little while and hadn't got around to it, my wife and I watched Rock of Ages. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't seen the stage show or anything like that, so we didn't really know much about it other than the fact that it's about 80s hair metal. And that's pretty much what it's about. <laughs> it's... Tom Cruise is an aging rocker that's doing his final farewell tour and there's a like a rock club in uh, the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles and this little farm girl from the Midwest comes and gets a job there and she turns out to be a singer and one of the busboys wants to be in a band. There's a lot of singing being the fact that it is a musical and Alec Baldwin runs the, the rock club and he looks terrible. He's old and fat and has long hair. But he's awesome. He is awesome. And I haven't seen the movie. I just know. Well, in, just in general, awesome Alec Baldwin's yes. awesome. And Russell Brand is kind of like his offsider that's the road and help set up the stage and stuff and there's a very funny bit where they actually do a duet together later in the movie and that was probably almost worth sitting through the rest of the movie so it's not good Bits of it are good. Tom Cruise is just out there. And yeah, I don't know. I've, I heard that he did his own singing for it. And if he did, he did a pretty good job on some of it. It's it's just your typical 80s sort of rock songs. There's a lot of White Snake. There's Journey is quite a big part. They, they sing Don't Stop Believing because they just sing that and everything these days. And yeah, it was it was interesting.
interesting. It wasn't something that I would rush out and say, yeah, go and watch it. But if you again, if you've got nothing better to do, it was it was a pretty good watch. Cool. I'm kind of tempted. Mm. Like you talked about Pitch Perfect a couple of weeks ago. We got around to watching that. And it was like, oh yeah, it was fun. I think you enjoyed that more than I did as well, didn't you? Mm. But then listening to you talk about it made me realise that it wasn't as bad as what I was saying it was. No, I thought it was, it was fun enough yeah. without being good. Yeah. Like without being great, it was fine. But saying you didn't see the stage show, I did see a stage. You did? So Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah. Or Occupy the Musical. Because <laughs> it's really good because I saw it. 15 years ago I think they did it with John Farnham and they did it more in the round and the less theatrical version but more just the singing version yeah they did Jesus Christ Superstar the arena event or something yeah, last time where this is a the production yeah and yeah it's it sort of like setting the Occupy movement instead of Jesus as the Messiah to these people camped out on the steps of a media headquarters yeah and it's all set in that, and so it's modern. The production was phenomenal. Yeah. And John Stevens was great, who I saw him 15 years ago. Yeah, because he was Judas, wasn't Judas, he? Judas, but in now he's Pontius Pilate. Yeah. And now they've got Tim Mitchin. Who is freaking awesome. Who's an atheist. Yeah. <laughs> but he <laughs> is he is amazing. And I got to see one of, us, one of the Spice Girls live. Yeah. So I'm just working my way through, starting yeah. with Sporty. But he's, I'm really, really impressed. Yeah. But it just shows how much of the Bible I don't know. I had to, like, look at the story and how, see how what... Much of the Bible. Well, you mean how much of uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's interpretation of the Bible? No, well, I didn't know why Judas sold him out. Who played Jesus? The guy who won the competition in England. Oh, okay. They had a idols type show where it was finding Jesus, and they had a literally had Last Supper every episode where okay. someone got evicted. Now to a cross? <laughs> no, not quite. I don't think I don't think it was that bad. It could have been, but yeah. It was, so it was Andrew Lloyd Webber, Sporty Spice, and someone else were the judges on this oh, show, okay. and they had to like narrow them down. And the guy who won is it's a guy playing Jesus. And Sporty Spice is Mary Magdalene? Yes. Okay. But really impressive show. Really good. Oh, okay. There you go. Mm. Bit of culture there. Yeah, you went and saw some live theatre. Theatre. And speaking of live theatre, are you going to go and see King Kong? Yeah. Damn it. I've heard some pretty good reviews about that. I've heard so. some bad ones too. <laughs> really? But in yeah. Melbourne at the moment, if you're overseas, there's a, I don't know if it's Tour of the World or not, but How to Train Your Dragon and Walking with Dinosaurs. I think they're both done by this Australian production company. Yeah. They're doing one King Kong, the eighth wonder of the world, and it's a musical with a giant fuck off gorilla. And one of my favourite things in the world are giant fuck off gorillas. So yeah. I really can't wait to see this, but I'm going to have to. Yeah. But I'll see it eventually. But I've read some friends on Twitter went and said it was terrible, like the music shit. Everyone says the puppet King Kong is amazing. Yeah, there's a music about a dress. One of the songs is about a dress at some point or oh, something, yeah. where she's yelling at the monkey and she's singing about a dress. I don't know. But we'll find out. But I'm not going there for the songs. No. I can tell you now. How long is that playing for? Well, it's a couple of months, I think. Yeah, most big productions, because of the fact that it's so expensive, expensive to tour them around, they like to try and get them out. Well, well, Melbourne seems to be doing really well with surviving. Yeah. Because Adam's family came out in Sydney, and it didn't even make the run it was going to do. It didn't even last long enough. They pulled the pin early, where Melbourne seems to survive theatre a lot better than Sydney does for some reason. Yeah, I think Or so. maybe The Adam Show was just a terrible show, I'm not sure. Maybe, I don't know. But then there's a lot of productions that do go on for quite some time. Like when Wicked was here in Melbourne, it seemed to be here forever. Yeah, yeah. so it's... I mean, it just depends on the plays. I mean, when I went to New York, you get half ticks. Lion King and Wicked are just ones that don't even have half ticks available. Yeah. If you queue up on the day, they just don't. Actually, when we saw Wicked, it was one of those lottery things. You had to go there early and you put your name down and if your name got put out of the hat, you got really cheap tickets. Yeah. The only trouble where they were front row sort of side of stage so you were kind of looking across the stage rather than directly at the stage but I actually quite enjoyed Wicked yep. a bit of culture well, my wife loves it I don't care personally everybody get up That's basically our movie and theatre watching discussion. Now, we talked about highbrow stuff like theatre. Yes. And... Now we're going to talk lowbrow stuff like American reality TV. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so after watching Cabin in the Woods the other night and being a little bit disheartened by it... Underwhelmed? Underwhelmed, yes. I got sidetracked by watching probably one of the worst reality shows I've seen in a long time, mm. America's Worst Tattoos. Now, okay, when you say sidetracked, so you just flick through a channel and found it? No. No? Full disclosure. That <laughs> we were watching The Soup a little while ago and they played a clip. And I thought, that kind of looks interesting. Maybe I'll try and see if I can download some episodes of this. And I actually downloaded the whole of the first <laughs> season. So 12 episodes. And after watching Cabin in the Woods, I then sat down and watched, I think, six straight episodes <laughs> of America's Worst Tattoos. 
Mm-hmm. So the premise of America's Worst Tattoos is someone comes along and says, yep, I've got this tattoo that I think is terrible. I think I need a cover-up job. And then they go and film them going to a celebrity tattooist in the vein of LA Inks and Miami Inks and New York Inks, however many Inks there are now in American TV. Is that CSI? Or it's, almost, it's almost like CSI. And yeah, they just go and get a, a cover-up. They come up with a new design that they can put over the top of their shitty tattoo and then off they go. On paper, it sounds terrible. Mm. And in reality, in reality, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> I just could not stop watching, and it falls into that horrible trap of American TV of coming up next. We'll show this bit, and then when you come back from the ad break, it's like you missed this before the break. And really, in a twenty-two minute episode of TV, there's probably about ten minutes of new footage. But yeah, some of some of just the bad tattoos there are in America, and the fact that they go and get these elaborate cover-ups. Well, yeah. Someone else is going to pay for it. Well, that's what I was trying to work out. I, I don't know if the producers of the show are paying I'm for sure them to cover would. it up. They must be. But then they also have these other little snippets in between of people that have bad tattoos that aren't getting cover-ups, and some of them are actually proud of the fact that they have, like, bad tattoos. So. Well, some of the bad ones well, that they're proud of. One of the ones was this girl whose boyfriend's nickname was Frankennuts, <laughs> and she actually got a tattoo sort of on her butt cheek of a Frankenstein ball sack. <laughs> and basically it was, yeah, she's Frankennuts' girlfriend now. <laughs> And I think that was the clip that they showed on The Soup that made me want to watch it. Just the fact that, yeah, Frankennuts. And actually, the, the first episode I watched was quite funny because this guy was like in his 20s, like 26, 27, something like that. And he got his first tattoo when he was 16. And it's an ICP Jekyll Brothers album cover, like the, the clown from the front of that. And basically he's talking about how he has to go around wearing long pants all the time because he doesn't want to show off this ICP tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he's going to tackle her. I know, considering I thought about getting a Hatchet Man tattoo when I was like 10 years ago, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> so, yes. But interesting viewing, and one of the tattooists is kind of hot in that tattoo-pierced girl kind of way. Joel would hate her. Uh, yeah, kind of interesting. Anyway, but speaking of bad TV, I also did watch some good TV. Mm-hmm. And I finally got around to watching the second season of Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror. And? Very good. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. When I say season, it's three episodes in typical English TV fashion. We talked about last season where the first episode was interesting, the second episode was good, and the last episode was the corker and absolutely brilliant. Same sort of... No? Yeah, for me last season, though, I thought the second one was better than the third one. Okay. The second one was the Connect video game one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that was better than the hard drive in the head one, but everyone loves that hard drive episode, and in fact, I read on the wiki that Robert Downey Jr. has bought the rights to it and is going to turn it into a movie. So, yeah. Uh, A movie is a long movie. Like, it's the concepts there... I think we talked about it before, but the idea being that your brain has got a hard drive in it and you can replay, rewind and replay anything that happened in your memory. So essentially it builds to a big fight between a guy and his girlfriend and what they do is they just go back to their memories and they just dredge up all the bad shit that happened in the past. And it's it's just awkward to watch going, I would do that exact thing. Like you bring it up when you argue with your partner, you say, oh, you said this and we did, and what about this? And you bring up all this. Yeah, they'll be like, no, I didn't. And then, yeah, they replay it on the TV going, look, you did. And it, yeah, it, it was it was really really harrowing and just effective. Yeah, and like the other one was a bit more fun, but this one was sort of a horror in the fact that it's so real that this is what you do with this technology and yeah. it's scary. And I think that's why people like it so much. But yeah. turning that into a film, yeah, I don't know. The, the the premise for the the three episodes in this season is very much more in the horror vein. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, one episode in particular. Actually, forget that. They're not one episode is in the horror vein. The <laughs> None of them. They're all comedies <laughs> the with other, clouds. <laughs> one, of the, one of them is a comedy. The first one is basically about how far you can take artificial intelligence, and I'm not going to go much more spoiler about that. It, it's all about reusing tweets and emails from from people after they're dead, mm-hmm. and turning it into almost a version of that person. Mm -hmm. And that was the only one that I noticed that actually had a bit of a name star because the girl that's the main character in that was Captain America's English love interest in the latest Captain America film. But yeah, that was, that was actually pretty good. The second episode was more of a horror horror one and that's the one that kind of put a lot of people off it a little bit i think in england it sort of got some not great reviews but it starts off a bit slow and then the big reveal at the end is really worth it and there's some bits in that that are actually pretty full on and again i won't go too much spoilers into that because i know 
probably a lot of people probably haven't seen this because it hasn't aired on TV here yet. But yeah, I'd say stick that one out. It starts off a little bit slow, but then by the end, it's it's good. Mm-hmm. And then the third one's the how far can you take technology type episode for this season. And it's a guy that does like a motion capture animation of a talking teddy bear for some late night TV show. And they decide to put him up in a local council election to see if people will actually vote for this bear against like established politicians. And it's just that whole twist of how far you can get away with things because you're not a person, you're an animated character. And what the public perception would be of whether people would vote for a fictional character rather than Mm. a politician. And it's got, you know, that sort of technology, a lot of political twists and stuff. So he's obviously... He's got a mind like a steel trap, Charlie Brooker. It's like, he must think of these things. Did he write them all? I think he did. The first season, he wrote the first two, but he didn't write the last one. Yeah, I, I think he was credited as the creator of it. So mm. I don't know if that means he has wrote them all. But yeah, mm. but yeah, I'd hardly recommend that. Cool. And the other thing that I know you've watched as well is we finally had the end of season three of Game of Thrones here yes, in Australia. Yes, we have. Everywhere in the world. Everywhere in the world, yes. And Australia's got it because we're filthy pirates. Yeah, we mentioned that in the last episode that Australia is the highest pirating place for Game of Thrones. And the reason why is particularly what happened in the second to the last episode. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, probably skip forward five minutes now because we're going to mention a couple of spoilers. Okay. But yeah, for some reason that that second last episode, same as the second season, the second last episode is like this big wham episode and then I thought the last episode was a bit of a letdown compared to that second last. It's a bit like the end of the Lord of the Rings movies where the extended shutdown piece. And it's funny because obviously a lot (coughs) of people have read the books and they knew what was going to happen in the Red Wedding episode. Mm. And I don't know, I... Like my wife has read all the books and we were watching it and she was like, well, this is going to be a good episode sort of thing. And I was like, oh, this is all right. I wonder what's going to happen sort of thing. And I totally didn't expect it. Well, I I was expecting something because yeah. this is the problem. This is why we download is we didn't get around because I watched it with my wife as well and yeah. she's read the book. So she wasn't in as much of a hurry to see it. Like yeah. she really, she can't wait because she loves because she knows what's coming. But it just took a few days for us to get around to watching it. So yeah. by that point, Facebook, Twitter, everything is sort of like made mention to things. Yeah. Saying, oh my God, George R. R. Martin, why do you do this to me? And, and blah, and people saying this, I wasn't expecting that, and how could you do that? And then other people are commenting saying, don't get too attached to anyone because yeah. they just don't survive this show. And, well, exactly. And they take two of the Starks, two of the main characters, and, yeah, so, and write them off at the end of this Red Wing. So, and that, that's, so I was expecting someone to die. Yeah, me too. And I didn't know who. The fact that they'd set it up that, you know, he didn't want to marry her, well, Rob Stark didn't want to marry his daughter because, you know, they were all ugly. And then the guy they did set up for the wedding turned out to have quite a nice looking young bride. Yeah, but I knew, and it could have been anyone dying. It's yeah. like Rob, you had Rob Snow come down, he was being attacked by the wildlings. Yeah. So it could be that, or it could be Bron or whatever. It could have been anyone, but I was expecting someone to go. I yeah. just didn't know where. And then the wedding, and then I, I sort of suspected with the wedding. The, the way it was playing out, saying, oh, you pretty much shunned his daughters, you, you yep. fucked up, someone's going to go. And then, I mean, we're going into heavy spoiler territory now, but when they just stabbed his pregnant wife in the stomach, it was just yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah, just, that I was think... shocking. It was like, okay. But I, when, when I thought that saying... was it. I thought that was yeah, the moment. Yeah, I thought that was going to be it too. And, then and I thought much... that's a pretty nasty revenge on a guy. You go and kill his unborn child and leave it at that. That's that's a pretty nasty revenge. But no, it, it got worse than that. Yeah. But you had that happen. You had his mother get killed. You had yeah. him get killed. But the worst thing, the thing I was shocked the most, besides the stabbing in the gut, is killing the wolf. Yeah. They did that again. I'm yeah. like, oh, why does that affect me more than people dying? When it's, oh, don't kill his wolf. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a bit over the top, wasn't it? But then I was upset a couple of episodes before that when they killed Littlefinger's like favourite whore when they killed Rose. When yeah, I didn't her. even pick her as who yeah. that was. But then, see, that's not in the book because she's not in the book. She's just a totally made-up character. Okay. But anyway, that, that's our five-minute spoiler talk about Game of Thrones. But yeah. see, now we have to wait until April next year for the, the next season. Yep. Well, that's I've had to do it before. We can do I it again. Know, I, I, or you can read the book. I could. Other shows, you don't get that opportunity. But then I'd probably be disappointed when it came out, and I'd be like, you know, that was different to the book. Well, I'm hearing that people are still who like the book still like the series, so I think it's Most a fairly think, yeah. good adaptation. Yeah, I know my wife had read all of the True Blood novels, mm-hmm. and we watched the first couple of seasons of True Blood, and they started to veer quite differently away from the book. And by the time we got to season four, she was just like, no, I'm not watching this anymore. With her it's magic fairy vagina. Yes. Not my I, wife. No. <laughs> 
I, I gave up on that series after the, I think, one episode. Really? <laughs> yeah, I pretty oh, okay. much couldn't. Yeah, we, we got about halfway through season four and then Stella, my wife, was just like, they've turned all the nice characters into assholes. They've made, you know, characters that are nobodies in the book into like major stars in yeah. this. It's just so different. So yes, we gave up on True Blood. But yeah, now Game of Thrones is finished. We've got a, a hole in our TV viewing for a Monday night, so I'm not oh, really sure what You've got America's Worst Tattoos. So oh, exactly. I think there was only one season of that. <sighs> Although, when I was looking through that, that's on the uh, TLC channel in America, and there was on their website there was little clips for My Crazy Obsession, and they're actually showing that on GM or one of the digital channels here. So yes, a woman, a woman who eats her cat hair. Yeah. <laughs> a woman so, who yes. like, can't help but sniff powder or something. guy yeah. who makes love to his car. So yeah, I've uh, decided to put that on the planet. So we'll, we'll see if those <laughs> episodes are any good. Sad. And of course, we've got another few episodes of the valleys before that finishes. Too. That's true. And you got to live up to your Welsh heritage. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so you are patriotic. Exactly. Anyway, so other than TV, it has been a bit of a busy couple of weeks for gaming. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Something, some electronics expo. Yes. Is that right? Well, we talked about the Xbox One last episode, and we said, oh, well, in three weeks' time, we got E3, so there'll be all the other announcements and talking about games and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, E3s can be boring some years. They can. Like, two years ago, it was all about the Kinect and the PlayStation Move. Yeah. Last year, it was all about the Wii U, because whenever there's nothing new, they're really boring. But this year, obviously, with the new consoles coming out from Sony and Microsoft, it's a big year. Yeah. Microsoft generally goes first. Yeah. A lot of time, they'll they'll open E3. They'll, like, do their mm. press conference, and then E3 will follow from that. Yep. So, you know, we're thinking, all right, Xbox was all about TV, 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 sports last yep. time, but this is all be about the games. And it, and it was. They came out. Yep. A few things that pissed a couple of people off in, you've yeah. got to get the Kinect, and the Kinect's got to be pretty much on all the time. Well, the, this came out in the Xbox One But they didn't Xbox debunk anything. No. You put your game in, and the game loads, and, and then you can't. You can trade it in, but you can't properly... I don't know. It's still all up in the air. But the way it sounds is like if someone else then installs it onto their machine, it kind of deactivates your install. Well, like, well, a lot of things came out as like you've got this DRM in there where you install it onto your hard drive and then that disk you don't need to put in again, but you can't trade it in. And if you do sell it on or something like that, it will come off your machine. Yeah. Like... Things like that. That's okay. So there was all these sort of aspects there. It needs to be on the internet once every 24 hours, all these sort of things. They didn't debunk any of this sort of stuff. It was all still there. And they didn't really help anything. And then PlayStation came out and did their talk. And they said, guess what? You can lend your games to anyone. There's no problem there. Yeah. You, you don't need the internet. You don't need everything that Microsoft got wrong. They got right. Yeah. And it was a hundred bucks cheaper. Yeah, I think that was a big clincher. And it was just it? like pretty much Microsoft fucked up big time. Now I don't think it's as bad as people have come out and said as far as how bad the Xbox is because they just didn't explain themselves terribly well. Because what happens is you've got they called it family and now they're calling it the Ring. Yeah, I don't have that many friends online anyway, so it doesn't matter. But you can have ten people on your Ring, and basically, if you buy a game, you install it, and I nominate ten people. Yeah in my friends list, you can play that game. Yeah. So that's like me handing you the game. I can loan you that game just by you being in my ring. <laughs> that's <just> terrible. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> so, so in doing that, it's actually better than lending you a game. The only yeah. problem is we can't play it at the same time. If you're, if you're playing it, yeah. I can't start up the game. Oh, okay. So if we want to play Call of Duty together... Not we, that we would. No, but we'd need a copy of the game each. Oh, okay. But apart from that, as far as, like, you could have cousins in Adelaide or Perth, yeah. and they're on your, okay. on your ring or in your ring, <laughs> they can play a game. You don't okay. have to send them a disc or this and that. So that, it, it's kind of cool as far as those sort of games, but if it's an online game where you want to play, like if we want to play Borderlands or something, yep. we'd have to have the game edge. Oh, well, that's so, kind of understandable. But that came out after. Yeah. Like, and they've explained it. Like, I saw, was it Don Matic? Is that yeah, the name? Yeah, I saw a photo of him. Like, I, he did an interview and they are talking about something the next day and he looks so disheveled and broken. Yep. 
It's like you've been answering questions for the last 24 hours, haven't yeah. you? And I mean, it looks like Sony have won. There's no backwards compatibility, and I understand that. Like, it's brand new hardware, brand new yep. software, so it, it's not compatible. It would cost a lot of money to put all that info into into the box just to play an old game. Yep. And realistically, I mean, Sony did it yeah, for the exactly. PlayStation 2 and for the PlayStation 3 that they could, and then they drop it out after a year or so. Because for the first year, people will play an old game. After a year, you'd think they're not going to go back to a PlayStation 2 game after No, that. you wouldn't think so. So the price differences, of, I sort of understand that because the Xbox has this big stonking video camera on top of the hardware itself. Yeah, for me, I think that's the only thing that Microsoft have that Sony doesn't is the fact that you're, you're paying for a system and you're paying for the Kinect. And that Kinect could be amazing. Yeah. I mean, the mandatory connect that they haven't actually explained why it needs to be on all the time. Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the way they explain in that press conference, the original launch, it's the interface. You don't need a controller. You talk. It it recognizes you. You log in by walking into the room and it recognizes who you are and you're you're there and you just say we're on and you talk and you swap between interfaces or swap between TV and everything. So Mm. all those aspects are there. That's why you want this and need this connect on all the time. But Mm. it's not a games machine. It's the Xbox One. I think there was was a great quote floating around by Don Matrix as well where someone was like, oh, what about people that don't have access to the internet? What what have you got for us sort of thing? Mm. And and he was basically like, well, there's a console out there for people like you. It's called the 360. Yeah, and that's when I saw him and he looked a bit disheveled. I'm wondering, is that a slight? Yeah, it's kind of like... It sounded like... I mean, it wasn't meant to be. It was sort of like, oh, we still have a console for those people because he was referencing like people in the Navy. Yeah, stuck in submarines. submarines They don't have internet. But really, it's it's a big fuck you to, to poor people, isn't it? It's like, can't afford our new system, keep playing your 360. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. So, I but, mean, in the end, going forward, well, I mean, if I was to upgrade, which I don't see myself doing anytime soon, I'm such a cheap-ass gamer. I've got plenty of games ahead of me for the 360 before I need to jump, unless some game comes out that I have to buy, which I don't see that happening. No, because even the big games that did get announced at E3, a lot of them were still coming out at 360, like the... The games that, that really appealed to me the most were the 360 games. And I think that's one thing that Microsoft actually did do well, is they started their press conference by saying, hey, we're not forgetting about the 360 completely. Here's our new titles for the 360. And then they went into Xbox One stuff. Yeah. And one of the things that they've actually done for 360 Gold Xbox Live subscribers is they've announced that there's going to be a free game well, two free games a month up until the end of the year when the Xbox One launches. And the first of those free games was actually Fable 3. And despite the fact that I've already got Fable 3 on a disc, I downloaded the freebie copy, so I've got it on my hard drive. And I know you actually downloaded it. I downloaded it. It's free. Yeah. And I've noticed a couple of people on my friends list now playing Fable 3 again, probably because it was down there for the freebie download. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty much just piggybacking off what PlayStation Plus offer. Yeah, exactly. But I think the deal with PlayStation Plus, if you cancel your PlayStation Plus, you lose the games. Mm. But this Xbox one's yours to keep. Is it? Yeah, okay. it's basically, you need to download it in that certain time frame that they're offering it for free, but then once you've got it, you've got it forever. Cool. Well, yeah, which is good. Forever, as far as... Yeah, life and, of your Xbox. And, until they turn the console servers off and you can't get yeah. in there and verify your account, but I don't know when that's going to be. Mm-hmm. But there, there was a couple of big announcements that looked exciting coming up and we saw a couple of the trailers that look good and they've announced the titles for this year's summer of arcade yeah and out of the four only one of them really excited me and that was flashback hd which is a, a remake of oh, that's the, the old sega game the old sega game yeah awesome yeah so but, i mean the graphics will have made that special and i don't know if we yeah need i don't to know play if that HD, again i don't know nostalgia fun. factor i think that'll be good but yeah. i think that was the fourth week of I think there were two words that got me excited from the press conference. What was that? Peggle and two. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But how bad was the announcement? The PopCap announcement, they were sort of, oh yeah, by the way, Peggle 2's coming out. They didn't really, like, hype it up. They were more hyped up about the new Plants vs. Zombies. Well, probably bigger, bigger earner. Yeah. And then poor old Peggle, as they like to call it. Do they? Yeah. Oh, douches. <laughs> but yes, Peggle 2. It's funny, we, we talked about a couple of things previously about having multiple titles on, or, you know, multiple versions of the same title on multiple platforms. And I think I've got Peggle on PC, on the iPad, on the mm-hmm. Xbox. I think you even had it on your DS. I did. That's where I found it first. Yeah. yeah. And I remember you came over and showed me on your DS and I was like, how cool is this game? And then when it came out on Xbox, I was like, I've got to get this. <laughs> 
So yeah, Peggle 2 is coming. And another game that looked very good by the trailers is Saints Row 4. That was amazing. They've just gone so like, over the top. I started Saints Row. I didn't get very far because I wasn't... Well, it was an early game I played and I didn't understand sandbox Yeah, didn't games. you get that it was one party of my package when yeah. you got it? Yeah. And I just didn't get it. I, yeah. I wasn't sure. And apparently it's meant to be pretty bad. It was like it was a poor man's GTA. Yeah. Yeah, so I just didn't get into it. Whether it was a bad game or not, or just I wasn't ready for a sandbox game because it just took too long to do anything. Yeah. We'll get more on that later. So I didn't go any further, but Saints Row 2 was meant to be very good. And then a podcast we love, No Quarters podcast, yeah. they rave about Saints Row 3. Yeah. And they said it's just ridiculous and crazy. And there's people who love the GTA games, but GTA sounds a bit more real and grounded, but by Saints Row 3, it sounded so ridiculous yeah, exactly. over the top. You're jumping out of planes with giant pink dildos and just absurd and over the top. Yeah. And this one looks even bigger. You're the president who's got superpowers with a super team against aliens, and you're just running around nude if you want to. It's just like... But just that, that trailer that we saw with they're introducing the characters, and it's like, and Keith David, as, as Keith, Keith David. David. It's like, yeah, this guy's going to be great. So it just looks awesome. So that I'm looking forward to, and Batman Arkham Origins. But see, is that going to come out on 360? I think Arkham that's the next gen. Hmm. Well, Saints Row is coming out yeah. this gen. Yep. Yeah. Actually, another thing they showed in the ads is the Deadpool game, which is That's actually coming, coming out, out next, next month. Or is it next, next week? month. Yeah. 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 <laughs> From the same guys who did the Transformers games. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Well, that might be something worth getting the demo of when it comes out. Soon. I reckon I'll be buying it pretty quick. Yeah. Like, I don't do it often, so I think I'm going to put the money out. But this one hopefully will be good. Mm. Well, speaking of comics, they've also announced that there's going to be a new Scribblenauts game, mm. which is going to be the Scribblenauts Unmask, which is like colon a DC comic adventure or something. And they're saying that every name's DC character is going to be in it. I, that's bizarre. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know yeah. what it's going to be. It's interesting. I'm intrigued. Now, you had Scribblenauts on your DS. I did. And... By all accounts, the original Scribblenauts uh, had a few issues. Uh, oh, yeah. Control issues more. Yeah, so sort of like you sort of drag the person. I heard Scribblenauts. Did they bring it out for the Scribblenauts? Oh, yeah. And they fixed that. So if you're not familiar with what Scribblenauts is, it's basically a logic puzzle game where you write in the word and it creates that. I mean, the idea item. is you have a level and there's a star and you've got to get a person to a star. Yeah. And there might be shark infested waters between you and him. Yeah. So, the little dude. So you can type in a jetpack. Yeah. And if you type in jetpack, a jetpack will appear and you put it on him and he'll fly over the top. So that's one way. You could type in helicopter and there'll be helicopter. Or you could do dynamite, put it in the water and kill the shark and then swim across. Yeah. It's amazing how much stuff is in this game that you can write. And the idea being that you get levels by clearing that level three different ways by not using the same objects and stuff like that. Yeah. The problem being that once you get jetpacks and things and yeah, that, it, it you was... start doing the same things every time just to get through a level. Yeah, it's jetpack, gun, ladder, that yep. sort of stuff. And you end up just using the same words over and over. And you can sort of cheat by just saying jetpack or rocket, rocket pack. pack. Yeah. yeah, so you sort of get two. And yes. I mean, it's clever the fact that it knows those two things. Hmm. But they well, come up as two separate things, even though they're the same. Yeah. But when, when they brought up the iOS one, they then brought adjectives in as well. So you could say big ladder or metal ladder or, or what have you, and it would do something different to just a smaller ladder or a wooden ladder or whatever. And they changed it so it wasn't just getting the star. It was dog food over there. You need to get the dog to the dog food or what have you to solve the, the missions. And I think that was a little bit better. But I know nothing about the gameplay of this new DC one. All I know is I've seen the picture of all the little DC characters on screen and it looked kind of cool. And speaking of comic book characters, Lego Marvel Universe is actually coming out later this year as well. And they're saying there's going to be 200 playable characters in that. Wow. And as a fan of the Lego games and as a fan of Marvel stuff, I think that might be a, something on the horizon. Well, I heard this Lego movie trailer out, and I saw a, I didn't watch the trailer, but it looks like it's got all the different franchises in the trailer. Oh, okay. like I saw one picture, and it looked like it had like a Harry Potter and a superhero and a this and a that. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I saw the wrong image. But saying, oh, was everyone in it? Well, or was it a Lego City sort of movie? But apparently it's funny. There's a Lego Batman movie out at the mm, moment. But this was another one. There's another oh, okay. Lego movie coming up. So maybe okay, next next maybe. episode we'll research it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Or you can research yourself. <laughs> we we won't. <laughs> you say that, but no, there's no way we're doing research. Mm. But that that's the games that we're 
kind of looking forward to. Are you playing anything at the moment? Well, speaking of Lego and of superheroes, the wife and I started playing Lego Batman 2. Put a couple of hours into that on Friday night. Oh, that's great. That was all right. Yeah. Sort of weird, like with the Indiana Jones or the Harry Potters, you sort of know the story. So you want to see how they interpret that in Lego. And it's kind of exciting and nostalgic. This is sort of telling a story and then you're sort of just getting through levels and puzzles and it's like, okay, yeah, next one, next one. I had the same problem with Lego Batman 1. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I kind of felt that way as well because I'd played Lego Star Wars and Lego Star Wars, like the original trilogy and then Indiana Jones and then I played Batman. It was kind of like, this, as you said, it's you don't know the story so you're not hooked to it. But I'm finding now that because I'm playing a little bit of Lego Lord of the Rings sporadically with my six-year-old, I do know the story of that. But they've changed the whole way Lego games works for that because I don't know about Lego Batman 2, but most Lego games have your hub world and you have your levels from that, whereas Lego Lord of the Rings, it's almost open world and you wander around until no, it's the level starts. it's straightforward. Oh, that's good. And actually another thing that annoys me about Lord of the Rings is you're playing co-op with someone on split screen, but the way they do it is like one side of the screen, so one person will be controlling like Frodo and the Hobbits and they'll be off doing something with Gollum or whatever and then the other character will be Aragorn or Gimli or Legolas and they'll be off doing something else and you're kind of playing co-op but you're not playing together you're in different areas doing different things in different parts of the movie okay which was a little bit annoying playing with a six-year-old because he's like come over here and help me with this sort of thing and I'm like well I can't because I'm over here on this screen doing something completely different but yeah I, I don't know it's it's strange because I talked about how I played Lego Harry Potter and I hadn't seen Harry Potter and now I've gone and watched all the mm. Harry Potter movies and playing Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, it kind of made me want to watch Pirates of the Caribbean. But definitely I am feeling that I need to go and sit down and watch all of the Lord of the Rings movie again now that I'm playing a bit of this Lord of the Rings Lego. But there's bits in it where I'm looking at it going, yeah, they've kind of done that well. And I think Lord of the Rings and also in Lego Batman 2, they're actually using vocals for there the is, first time. I mean, it's quite funny because Superman turned up at one point. So it's very early in the game still and not all these extra characters are turning up much. Yeah. But Superman sort of turned up and helped Batman, so he sulked and got in the Batmobile and Superman's like, I can see through. I can see you sulking. <laughs> Extra vision. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it's a bit of fun there. It's like, I'm not, I'm just checking diagnostics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. I mean, it's got a great set of humor as Lego games have. Yeah. But yeah, early days yet as to well, where good. and how it's going. But mm, it was fun enough. Okay. Well, I've actually got a copy of that too. I got that for my birthday last year. So maybe I'll, I'll give that a bit of a go. Mm-hmm. Now, and speaking of, like I said earlier, with games that I bit slow and I couldn't get into, like Saints Row, I picked up Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter, Tom Clancy's, one yeah. of his franchises. It was four ninety five or something. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll pick that up. It's a third-person shooter. I like those sort of games. It was a bit too tactical for yeah. me. It was. I mean, it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it, just a bit slow. Like I kept dying, so I had to restart bits because I got my team to keep dying because I could send them out to distract them and be bullet shields for me. It okay. doesn't work that way. No, well, I remember a while back when we were playing, could have even been the first Gears of War, people were starting to have a bit of a buzz about Rainbow Six. And I know we both downloaded the demo of Rainbow Six and thought, yeah, well, we'll play this shooter. And it was just that, so much more tactical than, like, Gears was. And it was to the point where you have to really know what you're doing. You can't just run blindly and shoot things. Yes. Yeah, but... Yeah, I don't know. I've I've heard good reviews about Ghost Recon, and I've heard bad reviews about Ghost Recon. Well, yeah, pretty much. I played it. I tried it for about two hours. Yeah. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't need to play you again. Yeah. I've got too many others that seem like more fun. Hmm. So I might get back to it one day, but at the moment it's looking like it's like, nah, yeah. I don't need to. It's like, that's the thing now, when you're playing nothing for games, yeah, exactly. you don't have to finish them. Yeah. Because I've done it enough times with games where you play annoying games and, like, I try to finish these terrible comic book games yep. and you end up hating everything yeah, exactly. about it. So it's like, I don't have anything invested in Ghost Recon, so I don't need to go yeah. there. But I did finish Thor, did I tell you that? You did. You yes. talked about that. And you finished Blood Dragon as well, didn't you? I did. Yes. Did we talk about that last time? Well, you mentioned that you'd got Blood Dragon last time and you were pretty into it. Yeah, no, it was really good. Like, I know you started the demo and didn't yeah. like it very much. Now, the problem with the demo is it's a demo. And it's, it's the, the tutorial, tutorial level, level and yeah. tutorials aren't fun. Generally. No. So it's kind of frustrating, but the game itself opens up great and you get a weapon at the end, which is fucking cool. And you just go around killing everything. And I even had fun running around trying to get the last two achievements out of the thing. So yeah. I had to find a snake. And you've actually finished all the achievements, haven't you? I have. I've done it all. So that and Hannah Montana, the movie, are your two... Yes, but it's not a game with a full thousand points. Well, so it's not an arcade game. Yeah, so it's not a proper fun thousand. So Hannah's the only one that I've maxed out. <laughs> oh, well, 
Something to be proud of. I'm proud. Well, speaking of finishing games, I actually finished Splinter Cell Conviction, which I mentioned that I'd started on the last episode. And since then, really, I haven't started anything. I've got a lot of games sitting there that I should start. And again, I've fallen into that trap of looking at how long to beat and sitting there and going, all right, well, this is a nine-hour game. This is a yeah, Well, that's why I played game. Ghost Recon. Yeah. Because I went to how long to beat, and that was like meant to be a six-hour game. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I can, I can get yeah. it out of the way because everything else is 12 plus. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, And yeah, that's six. the problem I'm having. Most of the stuff that I've got sitting there waiting to play is a long, big investment. Technically, like 12 hours, though, is if you... If you're really into the game, you can do that in a week. Yeah, definitely. That's two hours a day and you're done. I mean, when I look at games that are 60 hours, that's when I start to panic. But if yeah. they're good, 60 hours and... And how really long did we game. put in Borderlands? 200 and something? Oh, days. Yeah. Days. See, I was speaking to a friend on the weekend about gaming and he was saying that he's got this big pile of shame himself and he keeps just going back to Skyrim and now he's put in like 300 and something hours in Skyrim when he should be off playing the rest of his games that he's got. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, but no, I, I haven't really started anything. I've gone back and tried to finish some of the XBLA pile of shame that I have because I fall into that trap of buying something when it's on sale and playing it for half an hour and then not going back to it for months. So I've played a little bit of Joe Danger 2 that I picked up at Christmas, but I'm really not enjoying that as much as I enjoyed Joe Danger. Mm. Purely for the fact that Joe Danger 1 is all about riding motorbikes and the second one is... Well, it's like a cartoon drop. And this second one is Joe Danger's filming a movie. So like this levels where you're in a mine car, like in Indiana Jones, and you've got to do stunts on your mine car and skiing and stuff like that. And it just doesn't have that same sort of appeal as the first one i can't it's frustratingly addictive mm. but it's just not as enjoyable because they all fall into that trap it's a, it's simple do this level keep trying to get a better score keep trying to collect all the collectibles that sort of stuff and you know try and do it all in one run to get an even better collectible combo sort of thing it's probably the sort of game that you hate because it's very repetitive mm. but yeah it's fun for a little bit and it's funny speaking of repetitive i i picked up one of the Prince of Persia's quite a while ago and I went back to that and thought I'd give that a go and after dying on the same spot exactly for like six or seven times in a matter of minutes I was like fuck this I'm not going back to that so that'll be one of those games where I think I paid 200 points for and I'm never touching it again but yes well that's probably a nice place to wrap up this week I think so had a bit of a chat about a few things. Mm-hmm. We've shielded some stuff that's coming up, and you mentioned that you're going to see the 1978 Superman. I'm assuming later in the week you're off to see Man of Steel. Yeah, I haven't worked out. I'm just sort of weird. I'm a bit. I'm hearing mixed reviews, and I'm sort of like starting to panic a little. Yeah. Early days it was good reviews, and now it's sort of like from the fans I'm hearing bad reviews. Okay. Like a friend in America now, he did a, quite a positive review saying, it was a good take, it was a few changes that I expected, and it was all okay. And he goes, I've just watched the trailer. Because yeah. he was obviously like me blinding himself from the trailer. He goes, that's the movie I wanted to see. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, because it's actually been in the States, been out in the States. About a week now. A couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, I'll be seeing it at some point. I just haven't got around to organising hmm. whens it, and hows. It's funny, because I'd seen the original teaser trailer, and then when we were at the movies last night, we actually saw the the proper trailer and I think that's the first time I've seen the trailer and I sat there and went yeah it doesn't look that good <laughs> but then I'm not really a Superman fan like you are no so it probably means less to me than it would to you but it'll be interesting to see your opinion on that hopefully it's good yeah well, okay, as we said, that's a nice place to wrap up. So if you have any feedback for the show, definitely drop us a line. We're getting a few comments and stuff on our Facebook page, which is nice. We put up some photos of, of Mitch from the costume party a couple of weeks ago dressed as Thor that got a few likes on our Facebook page. So it's facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. You can also look us up on our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com. Drop us a line on our email, which is themapodcast.gmail. And, yeah, look for us on iTunes as the Massive Attack Podcast, and you can find us on Stitcher, too. Cool. So, yes, until next time. Aroo, kids. We'll see you next time. Is that a spoiler that she's in it? Probably. Yeah, big one. Okay, maybe we'll cut that. (laughs) It's a two-year-old movie. Who cares?